On this week's episode of the Two Tools Baseball Podcast, Travis and I take a deep dive looking at the Shohei Otani decision that the Angels need to make at the trade deadline. Are they going to sell him? Can the Angels justify trying to win now? Who could they sell him to? Who can offer the biggest packages? Where would Shohei actually extend? All these questions answered and a whole lot more coming up right now. Hello listeners, my name is Alex Jonitz and I am joined as always by my co-host Travis Miller. I am more of a stats nerd, he was a total stud on his D3 college team. This is the Two Tools Baseball Podcast. Enjoy. What is going on ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Two Tools Baseball Podcast, episode 104. Alex and I are coming to you. It is Thursday, July 20th. Happy Oppenheimer Day, AJ. Yes, Travis, we have tickets to go watch we, uh, a movie that we both have been looking forward to right after this podcast. But um, first, Travis, happy we, Barbie and Oppenheimer Day. Right? It is Barbenheimer. Barbenheimer. Uh, today is that day that they were recording. But Travis, we do have business to take care of before we go have fun at the movies. <laughs> um, lots going on in the baseball world. Uh, MLB, you know, it's it's just that time where I feel like we're starting to figure out which teams are going to kind of land where, you know. Um, We're going to talk later on about, you know, some different uh, teams and how they're trending. Orioles, Travis, catching up with the Rays um, was something I don't think many people saw coming, you know, if you look back towards, you know, the first couple months of the season. Um, But here we are. I think they have a series coming up right now. Um, I did see a crazy Gunnar Henderson triple earlier, but... Um, Travis, where should we start this episode? I think we'll start with the uh, probably the biggest news for the next 10 days or so, at least the biggest news over the last two weeks. But let's go ahead and start with Otani and uh, the Angels. I know last episode, AJ, uh, Angels were just finishing off just a disappointing finish of the first half, swept by the San Diego Padres, swept again in a, in a two-game series by the Los Angeles Dodgers. Just a bitter way to end the first half after, you know, arguably every Angels fan probably would have been very happy and impressed uh, two weeks prior to this uh, whole losing streak. Uh, we were, what, six, seven games above 500. Things were clicking. Um, unexpected guys were really stepping up. A lot of young guys were stepping up, and that was really good to see. We had not seen that in a very long time. Um, and then this whole two-week phase hit in. Um, where you know we we split uh, a series with the White Sox, it should have been a win. We lose a series to the Diamondbacks. We get swept by the Padres, like I said, and swept by the Dodgers, and we go into the All Star break, and that really started the the I guess the 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 Twitter buzz and and the social media buzz, and I, even people that I, I I talked to that aren't even really baseball fans were asking me, you know, Otani, like he's got to be traded now, right? Like he's going to be gone, and. Um, I think Angels really planned it that way. They wanted to just finish on such a poor note on the All-Star break so that that would be the news of the All-Star break. I mean, we, we saw so many things during the All-Star game. I think when Otani came up, I'm pretty sure they had five-minute discussions on uh, on the air saying, now, where's this guy going to be playing in about three weeks? But um, since then, Alex, uh, Angels have won uh, four out of their last six games to start the second half. They did lose a series to the Astros. It was a disappointing loss to the series. We definitely played them uh, very, very well. And uh, then we rebounded and took a 
sweep against the New York Yankees, which we haven't done since uh, 2009. So right now, Alex, I mean, Angels are definitely on the uh, they're they're in the positive ground. They're 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 above 500. But with the Pirates and the Tigers coming up, what's your what's your feel right now? I mean, I mean, is is Otani right now really? It, it's almost feeling like he's going to stay with the Angels after the All Star or after the trade deadline. What what do you get a sense of that? Yeah, I think the only way that they don't end up keeping him at the deadline is if uh, things go very disastrous in the next couple series. You mentioned uh, Pirates and uh, Tigers, right? And those are just uh, you know textbook winnable series. Um, no series in MLB should be considered you know like a lock or should just chalk it up. Um, Angels have to come out and play their 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 best ball. Otherwise, you know things could definitely get out of hand if they lose both those series all of a sudden the ground you made up against the yankees is now lost so overall i do think that it is uh, very likely the angels are able to um somewhat take care of business against those types of teams and then head towards the all sorry the trade deadline with um a couple games above 500 in position to probably be buyers rather than sellers uh simply because that's kind of been the mo of the of the front office all off season, all all season and off season. Um, they've just been talking about how they're committed to this season, even when the uh, Angels were not in the playoff picture per se. When they were floating around 500, um, we, a couple weeks back, Perry was still insistent that hey, um, you see what this guy's doing right now. We're not uh, about to just trade him because um, he's just carrying us through uh, some big series um the past couple months so overall travis i do think they're gonna end up being buyers i'm not exactly sure um who they're gonna be targeting what the biggest needs are gonna be the i guess the bright side um for angels fans is that um, they should be having guys come back Uh, i think a big reason why the last six games have been better than the you know six plus games prior uh, to the all-star break is because angels got back zach netto healthy and matt moore healthy um overall just um, a healthier squad of course other guys did go down like joe adele and anthony rendon so there's this constant fluctuation on uh, angels contributors on the active roster and going on the injured list but I think the idea, what we've been hearing at least, is that Logan Ohapi, when he got hurt, um, rotator cuff, they were not sure if he'd be out for the whole season, if he'd be able to come back in September. I mean, it's sounding like, Travis, that they are having uh, promising signs. He has caught balls behind home plate. I'm not sure if he's throwing balls down um, or where exactly he's at in that whole process, but he is doing not... Uh, He's doing on-field activity and not just the basics anymore either. He is actually, you know, squatting behind home, going through the motions on defense. I'm not sure if he's swinging the bat yet, but I mean, we're talking about progress here on a guy that definitely meant a lot offensively and behind the plate um, for the Angels in that first month. I mean, he was, I think, probably the biggest standout, like almost like a low-key MVP for the Angels' first three, four weeks of the season. I think he was getting like American League Rookie of the Year there real was, consideration yeah there was buzz for that first month before he got hurt um and then so i, I my, my thinking is travis he is coming back at some point here not sure if it's going to be in a month or less or more um but also brandon drury is someone who's going to be coming back adds to the infield depth versatility 
um, that might just mean he's taking away at bats from guys who might not be um, who might be below average hitters. He's taking away at bats from potentially guys like Luis Renjifo, uh, potentially guys like Andrew Velasquez, um, probably some at bats from Eduardo Escobar. But um, it's just going to improve um, the play at the you know first base, second base, third base positions uh, for the Angels. But overall, um, they may end up. Adding, I think, a starting pitcher would be definitely useful. We saw a good outing from Chase Silseth uh, just last night, Travis, against the Yankees. But overall, not um, not too many names in the Angels rotation where you feel like amazing about it, right? Um, you have Otani, who's pretty much the ace. And then I do trust Demers and Sandoval on any given start um, to an extent, but there's not the level of consistency that you'd like, I, I'd say. And then after that, you have Canning, who's kind of in the same boat. Um, just you're not going to be able to feel, I'd say, comfortable giving him the ball in a must-win game, um, even though I do like um, what he has been bringing to the table of late. And then Tyler Anderson, I think, overall has been pretty uh, disappointing this year. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, then after that, it's pretty much whoever we can call up from the minor leagues because Jose Suarez has been hurt. Jaime Berea, I think, has had his fair share of uh, questionable, you know, moments. I think out of long relief, out of um, starting. I know he has had some good moments as well, but um, Travis, I'm essentially trying to figure out where the mo- where the areas of weakness are. Um, for the Angels to address at the deadline, assuming they are buyers. What's your thought on that? Yeah, I mean, right now it's trending that they will be a buyer um, when the deadline approaches. I mean, we'll get into some of the updates with with, uh, with trades happening, but it's been pretty silent so far throughout um, July. Usually, you know, I think right after the All-Star break, things really start to pick up. But um, yeah, I mean, like I mentioned, uh, Alex will probably be recording in, in one week from now. Um at the end of that Detroit Tigers series. And that'll be a very good update on are they truly going to be buyers or are they truly possibly looking at selling and shipping Otani out? Like I mentioned, Pittsburgh and Detroit, you got to take care of business. I think if I, I did the math right, if they take both series, not saying they're going to sweep, but if they basically just win two out of three for both those series, um, in one week, they could be looking at a 53 and 50 record. So three games above 500. Going into Toronto, which will happen next Friday, July 28th, um, again, th- that will be another just massive series. I'm not saying that's going to be the series of the year, but for Angels and Shohei Otani, I mean, it, it's you, it's funny now. You're looking at Angels playing must-win ball games, not only for the record, but for keeping their franchise guy. Because you know, a bitter sweep by um, in in Toronto. Now you're back to the 500 spot. I don't think that's necessarily a point where you truly are looking to trade him you're, if you're still at 500 that's still in my opinion still a, a, a win right there but um you're playing some big baseball games coming up and it's it's honestly it's kind of fun to see that we're already playing october baseball and it's july i don't think anybody in the majors is playing october baseball right now um <laughs> and and we're playing it for different reasons so that we can keep a guy it's it's truly a remarkable spot that we are in baseball and also for angels fans because uh we're playing to win games, but we're also playing to keep a guy. And it's, I don't think I've ever seen it before. Yeah, it's definitely unique. And um, when I was kind of going through the Angel situation, I didn't even, I didn't even mention his name. It's kind of uh, obvious with the conversation that Trout will, of course, be coming back at some point here. Not sure how long that will take. I know he was doing on-field stuff um, already. Nothing, I think, major. But I think they said promising signs of um, his recovery 
and uh, physical rehab. Mm-hmm. So that's all good news. Um, what you're saying, I completely agree with. Even if they are 500 at the deadline, I don't think they're going to trade him. No, yeah. that's my. That's just my uh, intuition based on how I feel like I understand the Angels front office, the Angels goals as a team. Artie Moreno does not want to be the owner that trades Shohei Otani, the generational talent, even if it brings back a lot of big name prospects. I feel like most of the Otani trade buzz, Travis, has just come strictly from the media. And it's their job to speculate and stuff like that. And it's obvious why they're doing it because we have a generational, one of the most generational talents in the sports history going to be a free agent in a matter of a couple months. And he is on a team that is currently not in the playoff picture. Therefore, will they trade him? It's it's an obvious kind of thought to have. Mm-hmm. But um, my kind of point there is I think the media, my, my personal opinion, I think the media has done a lot of just kind of they're just trying to push this idea and the narrative that um, Angels will trade him away, and and maybe it made more sense a few days ago before the Angels swept the Yankees. But I do, I just do truly think that things would have to be pretty bad in Anaheim for the ownership and general management to agree to punt on the rest of the season, trade Otani, and not do a full rebuild, but kind of you know bring in younger players for him. Um, maybe some guys can play now, but probably more of like a long-term view. I think that their mindset has been win now every single season. Travis, I feel like the idea has been win now every single season yeah. that we've been losing in this yeah. like recent yeah. stretch yeah. of, of like having we, we, We've never in my lifetime have gone through a rebuild, which I mean, there are times where I, I wish we would have, but you never like to just commit to three or four years of straight losing, even though for the longevity, it might really help you out. You look at a lot of successful franchises like the Houston Astros. I think after they went to the World Series in 2005, it was just a slow, just disappointing eight, nine years of, of awful losing baseball. And then, you know, 2015, they finally get back to the postseason. And then, you know, now you're looking at a team that's just almost a dynasty and they're just continuously rebuilding every year and are coming out as, you know, being uh, a World Series favorite or a team that likely will win the American League and get to the World Series, but um, I, I I do yeah. think I do think that um, you bringing up the Astros is a good example because there are there are Angels fans who at the All Star break were so sick of the team's performance below five hundred. You know, we were in the playoff picture if the season ended back at some point in like. Uh, middle or maybe early of June, like Angels would have been in the playoffs. Um, but then, of course, by the All-Star break, everything had crashed and burned. And some Angels fans were saying, you know what? Um, I just want to rebuild. I don't even want to try to contend next year. Let's just trade everybody, go for a full rebuild. And I really strongly disagree with that. And there's a few reasons, Travis. I think that there are teams who could pull off a very successful rebuild because of the infrastructure they have in place. Um, the Astros, Travis, they are a team who is very smart analytically. Um, they're obviously good at developing talent because they constantly have guys coming up that um, immediately play an impact, right? I remember when I first heard about, you know, Framber Valdez, or at least when he first made his, his debut, um, he was someone who's like, oh, they got this like lefty who has this big curveball and a sinker, and um, he's going to be pitching for them. Uh, I think he pitched 
in relief, long relief in one of those uh, 2020 uh, best two out of three series they had against the Twins. And I just remember, you know, these guys kind of come out of nowhere almost. Jeremy Pena, some people had him penciled in as like a contributor, but to win um, to win American League Rookie of the Year in his first season, I think, um, was not uh, bet by many people. Um, and then I can go down to other, other teams, Travis, like a team like the Rays, a team like the Dodgers, even the Yankees. I think these are teams who are smart enough to be able to quickly turn things around if they decided to sell a bunch of players and like let's just like punt on a couple seasons and we'll be back. There are other teams, Travis, who I do not trust to do that. <laughs> yes. And yeah. it's because of, you know, signs in their history, signs in their past of maybe having suboptimal uh treatment of their minor league players. Maybe it's um poor uh, farm system uh, grades from you know all different types of uh, you know analysts, which the Angels have always been on the lower end of that. They kind of started to climb with uh, the acquisitions of Zach Neto and Logan Ohapi, but both those guys are now graduated to the big league team. So now the farm system is back down to you know bottom. I'm not sure if they're bottom five or bottom ten in baseball, but um, I think that generally generally the angels have been trending in a positive direction in regards to the farm and the different moves they've made. But overall, I think they have a long, long way to go to get on the level of a Dodgers of an Astros in terms of developing talent, constantly bringing up new faces that contribute immediately, finding the diamonds in the rough on the, you know, trade market, just bring, you know, I mean, how many times have the Dodgers brought in a player like a Trace Thompson um, I mean, I could even Jason Hayward, Jason Hayward, these guys that they'll, Peralta, yeah. they'll find a guy who is, have a home. <laughs> is probably cheap, uh, could even be free. Like, I think they got, I think they literally got, um, Hayward's making minor league money. I think, yeah. I think Thompson was just off waivers. Like, yeah. just like yeah. you need somewhere to go. So you're not like at home literally. Oh, let's have a three home run game. Like yeah. just, yeah. just crazy stuff. Um, that they're able to do kind of year in, year out. Every year, the last several years, Dodgers have been able to call guys up or get guys um, in, in sneaky trades, um, whether it be relievers, whether it be, uh, you know, positional platoon players. Uh, so my, my point is this, Travis, um, kind of a long ramble to say that the Angels, in my opinion, are not really super well-suited to go through a rebuild I don't think they're going to ever trade Mike Trout. And even if they did, I'm not sure what they would get. But I feel like they do have an obligation to try to win while he's still in uh, some semblance of his prime. I do think that given their situation, they've proven they want it. they're willing to spend money. That, that That's never been an issue. We wish that Artie would spend as much as the teams that spend the most. But he still always does spend his money. I think the criticism is that he doesn't spend it wisely. Yes. A lot of big contracts to players who don't deserve it. And then they kind of clog up our budget sheet but um going going over um the guys are going to be on the books let's say let's say even if otani left travis in free agency i don't i think the angels would immediately turn the corner in the in the winter and say let's sign this guy that guy that guy i think that they are not in a mindset at all of fully rebuilding and i i, I do agree with it just because i don't trust them to go through with it i think for every astros and um, I mean, who else has pulled off a, a really good rebuild in the last decade? 
Um, there, I'm sure different teams will come to mind, but I think for every team like that, you can find another team that has tried and failed to do so. And that could be a team, you know, like the Rockies, who, yeah, they made the playoffs um, a few years ago, like 2019 or something. 2018 or 19, yeah. yeah. But, but I mean, they had that one blip, but I think most of their tenure, whether they had superstars or trade the superstars away for talent in return. I mean, look at that Arenado trade. Arenado's trade, obviously, Otani would get a bigger haul than that. <laughs> yes. But, like... I would say the Mookie Betts trade, the Arenado trade, like most of these deals, what you end up getting back, like those prospects might not pan out. And, mm -hmm. and that's just kind of a fact of, of the business. Um, so I, I do think that there are plenty of teams who um, fail to rebuild uh, in a big way. Um, you know, the Orioles have really managed to, I would say, surprise the world and be super, they they seem super young and promising, Travis. I, I'm excited for what their future might look like. But every team that looks at that and say, you know, let's just lose for like four five, or five, five years, years yeah. and then we'll be back. Or we can be, we can win the, our division in five years. That's not, it's not that simple because the Rockies probably wish they could do the same and they really have not been able to rebuild in that way. The Pirates had a hot start, but they still um, are back now down um, a lot lower in the, in the NL Central. Um, I think you can just go down the list of yeah. different teams that are kind of um, flailing. The, the, the Royals, Travis, are a team. They have young talent. Maybe their future could be bright in some senses, but I still feel like with Bobby Witt and Vinny Pascantino and Melendez, they probably are hoping for um, this to kind of be the time they start rising up, and I don't see it with, with their kind of lack of pitching. And, um, you know, my main point is this. I think carrying everything down and trying to build from the ground up um, from the ashes it's not always going to work. I think it just sounds good because Angel fans are tired of, of winning only 80 games every year. But I don't want to win 70 games every year yeah. if it means we're going to stay down there. And I do feel like there's a chance if we trade away Otani and Trout and you know we throw Rendon into a deal just because we need to get off the money. It's like, no, I don't think that um, tearing down everything uh, down to the studs is is, is going to work. That That's my take. Mm -hmm. I think you pretty much agree with that but i i'm i'm kind of confused uh, when people say that angels need to go for full rebuild because in my opinion it comes down to, to one year of 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 having everything click and that was yeah. like the 2019 nationals everything clicked for them at the right time um obviously sometimes a, a juggernaut wins like the astros last year like the dodgers in 2020 the teams that had the best rosters actually ended up winning in those years but um, I think just staying competitive and in the mix uh, every year during Trout's uh, prime, and also we have young talent coming up in the likes of Detmers, Neto, Ohapi. That's the move, in my opinion. Keep replenishing the majors with guys you can get on trades or you know in the early rounds of the draft, and then just continue focusing on who can help us win right now. But true, um, very true. Any I, reaction to that? I definitely agree. Um, I've never been a fan of the whole, you know, full commit rebuild, especially Whitson. You know, maybe if we never got Mike Trout, we never if there if there was never a Mike Trout on the Angels, maybe it'd be easier to say let's just take the next three years to really rebuild and and figure out our farm system and and to get that stronger. But I mean, when you have Mike Trout on our team, like you mentioned, a generational talent, and then you extend him to you know the biggest contract in Major League Baseball history, it definitely tells your fans and tells your front office that hey we are not looking at a rebuild anytime soon we're just looking to add on players and honestly i feel like we've kind of gone through a quiet rebuild and you have guys like i mentioned like you said zach netto uh mickey moniak uh taylor ward who was drafted i think in like 2016 
uh, or 2015 is now finally clicking. Um, he has had a slow year, but he is still being a productive hitter. Matt Theis, a guy that was another first rounder that I think it was either 2017 or so that he was drafted in the first round. He's finally clicking. So now you're getting guys that are were drafted, you know, four or five years ago and were just used with that patience. And now they finally are clicking and being, you know, very good contributors. Those are two guys that I think are are key key guys if you want to make a push for the playoffs i'm talking about matt dice and taylor ward but um yeah i i mean they have so much talent already that it just seems like even if you lost otani you could go out there and re-sign two stud starting pitchers and then go after maybe a dh or even use some of your uh minor league talent as a, as a dh option and maybe do some platoon action i know the angels have you know a, a strong bat in joe adele that possibly could see a lot of dh time next year if the if otani is not on the team but um yeah i i'm, I'm completely with you if, if situations were different uh I, I could be probably looking at a different scenario and and wanting to see a rebuild but with the team we have right now and and just how much uh, a talent we have i i don't see that being a, a solution for the future and again i i saw the last couple of weeks have been so fun on twitter because yeah people are throwing out you know trade trout trade otani trade rendon trade everybody you know get everybody out of, of the team let's these are the five guys that i really like let's let's build a core around them and then again you're looking at at a rebuild and you're looking at what 2026 2027 before you can say now we have a good team together which I mean, it may be a bunch of B-plus players, but right now you have two A-plus players in Trout and Otani. Let's build with them and try and get to the postseason. And, and anything's possible with getting those guys to the playoffs. So I 100% I, I agree with you that the rebuild should not be the focus. It should just be adding around those guys so that, um, you know, you, you the, the the signings that you get can can reflect and, and hopefully those guys will bring success in the uh, in, in during the season. But uh we agree there. Artie has spent the money. I will say Artie has not spent the money in, in good ways, um, but he has spent the money. And so I am confident that he is going to give Shohei one of the best contracts this offseason, regardless if we trade him or not. I think he would uh, do himself a disservice if he did not. And you know what? This is the reason why he really backed out of the sale. I, I truly believe is that he is going to make so much money on a guy like Otani um, if he doesn't, uh, if, if he resigns him. So, um, I guess that's where we'll leave it at that, Alex. I know we talked a lot about that. We wanted to start off with Otani and the angels. It's yeah. kind of the hot, um, item and the hot news of MLB right now. And I One. think honestly in sports, I, you, you see it on first take. I mean, when Stephen A. Smith is talking about the angels, it's, uh, I saw it on you know, something good or either something really bad's happening. I saw but, yeah. Stephen A. talking about Otani. I saw Colin Cowherd saying, you know, should the angels trade him? It's like, first of all, I mean, I know you guys aren't like baseball and they're all saying you got to trade them yeah and, yeah and they just they just are going for the clicks obviously because they exactly. don't they don't they don't exactly. cover the sport in detail but travis before we move on um one last funny little quick game pops into my head let's just say the angels keep otani or he gets traded either way but there's no extension he becomes a free agent which teams do you think offer the most money i think in my gut I'm not sure what the Padres can actually offer. I feel yeah. like their money just keeps coming and coming. <laughs> where does that money come from but exactly? I do know this. I mean, they just offered Bogarts a really big deal, and that's kind of where their money from last year went. But before the Bogarts deal, they offered Trey Turner and Aaron Judge monster, monster contracts. So I do feel like they would also offer Otani a monster, monster contract. The Dodgers, 
Travis, in my opinion, I feel like they don't really seem like the team that's going to give the biggest check. They have been the favorites, I think, to, to get Otani as a free agent um, for a while by the media. I think just in terms of um, you get to stay in a geographic location that you like, but on a team that's perennial a perennial winner of playoff uh, appearances. That all makes sense. But in terms of actually them writing the check, I feel like they did get Freeman, um, but it feels like that whole Dodgers-Braves thing got kind of screwed up, and maybe the Braves actually did offer um, a lot of money. I also think that um, another point of emphasis, they got Bauer to come there on a shorter deal for more money per year. And I think Otani is going to, I mean, my biggest pet peeve is when people act like they know what he wants, but I think that if Otani is going to care a lot about the money, he's going to care more about total money secured over, over like, he's not going to be signing like a four year deal with like a couple player options. And then like, you know, whatever, like, like how Correa did almost, he's not going to go that path. He is going to get paid more than anyone else ever this offseason. I don't really see mm-hmm. any way around that. Um, and I'm not sure the Dodgers are that team. They did offer Mookie a really, really big deal, a lucrative contract. Um, but I don't know, Travis. It feels like whenever the, the Dodgers target someone, they always want to go this like high AAV with Scherzer, or sorry, with um, Harper. For the for the Dodgers, yeah, I think when Harper was oh, a free you're agent, right. I think Harper was looking at like three years and like a hundred and like seventy million or something. So it was almost you're almost looking at what divide that by three, you're looking at close to what sixty million dollars a year because they said Harper, we only want you for three years. We 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 want to get what I, I don't know at the time he was twenty eight or twenty nine. We only want you till you're thirty two, and then we you can go off and do whatever you want, but. I, I I truly do. You bring up a good point, and I truly do see the Dodgers saying, "Hey, Shohei, four years, three hundred mil. You know, do 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 you want to make eighty something million dollars a season? Well, here you go. You know, something and, like that." And, and I I do also think the Dodgers will be able to make a really really big offer if that's the path they choose to go because they. You know, people almost said that like the last offseason they weren't going to spend huge just to kind of save up for this one, this coming one with Otani being available. Um, and that there could be truth to that if that's how the ownership actually, you know, it's it would seem kind of weird to me that they're going to not go full, full winter mode on 2023, just thinking about the 2024 offseason so much. Um, that just definitely seems kind of odd, especially because what if Otani just signed an extension that's like, okay, did we just waste 2023? But anyways... Um, I think a team like the Padres will offer a ton of money. The Angels will for sure offer a ton of money, assuming he doesn't get traded. Um, they offered a ton of money, a ton of money to Garrett Cole, who ended up getting an extra year from the Yankees. They obviously offered a ton of money to Mike Trout to get his extension. They got Rendon on a contract that I think is the highest AAV of any don't infielder. Bring, don't, don't bring it up yeah. in history. They obviously offered Pujols a huge contract. They have no problem giving you a player a contract that will age poorly but in the moment make you somewhat of a contender that's almost been the mo of of their entire um i guess i guess their entire philosophy since Artie moreno took over so i know the angels will give a big offer um 
I think a team like the Giants could uh, try to make a play. I don't know if he'd pick them, but I think West Coast teams are all going to be interested based on the location he's kind of preferred. Um, I think that they also offered a lot of money to judge, and that was almost a deal that happened So in Korea. like They yes. almost got Korea. Yeah. So we know that they are down to spend money on this sort of window they have here. Uh, I'm, I can speculate about a handful of other teams, Travis, but my point is this. I think it's fun to kind of look at what spending histories do these teams have that might try to get Otani, and then will Otani, you know, will he choose a Dodgers over a Padres and have like, even though there's maybe there's going to be two less years on the deal and maybe like a hundred million less um, guaranteed, maybe instead of 700 million, it's, you know, 610 or something like that. Maybe that's like a difference that he accepts just because he says, hey, I'm going to break the record either way for biggest contract. I want to be in a team that I feel like has a better future. Um, I could see that too because, you know, you see players um, like Aaron Judge and Trey Turner opt for different deals uh, for a city of their choice. So there's so many factors that go into it. I've also said this before, but I think Otani, whether the media wants to believe it or not, I know that Otani has uh, some sort of a soft spot um, for Anaheim in a way that we are the team that sort of let him fully express himself on the field, let him be a full-time two-way player, no questions, no ifs, ands, or buts. He got you know, Tommy John. He got hurt again, almost like he had the yips in 2020. Every single season, we kind of kept letting him do exactly what he wanted to do. Joe Madden, Travis, I have so many complaints about him. But the yeah. big, the biggest thing I give him credit for is he said, Shohei, you can be in charge of your schedule. You want to you wanna hit the day after you pitch? Travis, early on in Otani's career, he would like not hit the day before or day after he pitched. And it's like, does this guy really like need that much time to rehab? Obviously now, Travis, what he's doing is crazy. How he's proven he does not need it at all because he just he yeah. hits he hits every day. He doesn't take days off. Which I was pretty in, much I at was all. In so much favor of giving him days off because I was like, this. There's, you don't you, want him you, to get you hurt. You truly cannot pitch but, and hit the same day and also hit the day before and hit the day after. I, I but, just, but it, I, I thought it could never be done. The way that it's working um, has been such a huge. I guess, blessing and testament to his dedication to being this legendary player. But Travis, I think that he definitely thinks the Angels have done right by him. Obviously, he wishes there's been more success with the wins and losses. There's no doubt about that. But in terms of location, in terms of um, relationships within the team, in terms of, um, I guess, Otani's ability to um, dictate his own schedule, he already has a flow um, with the team, uh, a schedule with his own day-to-day. I think all that kind of would change if he went to a different team with different expectations. They try to manage him differently, and he may not want that. I know he's kind of a more of a yep. low-key low guy. Uh, also, media attention. The Angels have, you know, I think done a good job of shielding him uh, somewhat. Obviously, he gets interviewed from time to time, but I've seen different Angels beat writers, Travis. They'll say, they'll say stuff on Twitter like, Otani gets interviewed when he wants to get interviewed. When he doesn't want to get interviewed, he's allowed to kind of escape that. And if he goes to the Yankees or the Dodgers, not sure exactly how that's going to fly. But mm-hmm. um, all that rambling to say, I think that the Angels probably have better resign odds than almost anyone would give them credit. I don't think they're like this favorite to resign them. I just think that people who act like, oh, he's gone for sure, they haven't won yet. Um, you know, we'll see what happens in the second half. Second mm-hmm. half will be the biggest indication, but. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be 
acting like he's walking a hundred percent no matter what. But yeah, I, um, I completely agree with you. I, when you, when you started this conversation, I, I initially thought, I think there could be a big, big, um, wager war between Dodgers and giants. Um, I think those are two teams that would be very hungry giants for what happened last off season, missing out on Korea, missing out on judge. I think they have to say to themselves and the fans that they need to get the next big item, the next big fish on the free agent market and Shohei would be one of the biggest fish of all time. Um, if they could snag him and bring him to, uh, back to or up to uh, Oracle Park in San Francisco and, and and bring another big lefty to that ballpark. Uh, you know, not many guys have hit the splash zone since uh, since Bonds uh, retired and left. But I think Otani would be a a big piece uh, to, to bring up in San Francisco. And they have the money. Uh, Dodgers have the money. You mentioned uh, Padres. I I think they have the money. But even though I I don't I, I don't know what what uh where they're getting it from, but I, I, I'm sure they have some sort of uh, financials in order to, to make something like that happen. I'm sure if they did that, then the days of extending Juan Soto are probably over. You could possibly see a signing of, of Otani and then a trade of Soto in the same off season. So therefore it could be kind of a really interesting uh, approach on the way the Padres do it. Um, another sleeper I could see as well is, is Toronto. Um, I, I think Toronto, right now, a lot of guys on, on team-friendly contracts, there's not too many huge, huge deals that they're giving out right now. So I could see a team like Toronto saying, we've been playing kind of mediocre in the American League East. Let's let's make a big uh, statement with this signing and get our, our new ace to go with you know a guy like Kevin Gosman. We need a left-handed bat. We're very right-handed uh, driven lineup. Let's get Otani to be hitting at the top of our or of our order. And I mean, we, we could have one of the most deadliest lineups in baseball. They already have such a good lineup, but they could just have a, a an even deadlier one. And I feel like they have they have some money that's still I, they have some money that I think is just sitting there. And I, I don't I haven't really seen them be big, big spenders overall in the last couple off seasons. So they're another team I think of. Um, but but it's funny, you really can narrow down and you can get rid of like almost almost like a good 20 to 23 teams. I feel like you can kind of like safely almost get rid of because you just know they don't have the money. I feel like to spend like $600 million of they've never done it. It's never happened in, in some of these teams histories. Some of these teams have never even spent more than $200 million or $300 million. That's like base starting level for Shohei Otani. And that's why I think even a Dodgers team could say, we only want to give you four years, but we're going to give you the craziest AAV of all time right here, where you're going to be making almost hundred million dollars uh, a, a year. We're giving you almost $50 million for being a pitcher and $50 million for being um, a DH. But one thing I've always thought about is uh, Shohei just turned 29. And I really wonder if uh, a team will be a little bit afraid to give a guy such a, a, a ton of money and a such I think such a long-term contract with so much money because I, I think I mentioned to you and I mentioned a bunch of other group chats that were in with baseball guys and, and I, I, I just would wonder, it, you know, I firmly believe, Alex, at the end of the season, we could probably say this is the best Shoyo Tani season of all time. I don't know if he could at all cap it. I, I, it's, it's, he's chasing Aaron Judge for home run totals in a single season and also he's on the mound pitching and he's doing fantastic. I think he's top five in Cy Young right now. So it's like, how do you top this season in your career? Like you'd have to be on a freaking other level. 
I wouldn't be surprised if he topped this season, but I'm just saying, I don't know how you could top it. And you're getting older and maybe in the next three or four years, pitching may be a little bit harder for you to get done. And also, you know, your body ages, it may be harder to hit on the days that you pitch, may have to take more breaks here and there. That's where I see some teams maybe being a little bit fearful to give him a 10, 11 year contract um, because they know at the last four or five years of the contract, not saying you're wasting money, but it may not be 100% deserving. Uh, but as you see in all these long-term deals. I, I completely agree with what you're saying because that's the price it's going to take to get Otani is you're going to have to overpay him. The way it works when you want to get one of the best players is you have to pay him more than you're probably going to get back in terms of value. Even if you're paying him $100 million a year, he could possibly earn that level of value in the first few years. But when he's 38, 39, almost certainly not, right? So I do think that what you're saying makes complete sense. So you have to think about what team is going to say, you know what, I am okay with giving, you know, way too much money to one player, way too big of a percentage of our, you know, team salary going to one guy. You know, this guy's going to be making more money than like several teams next year, right? Several Definitely. teams yep. rosters will be making less money than Otani. And all that, all that, um, just for the fact that he will almost definitely also be making more money than he should on the second half of his deal. What team is down to do that? One team I know for sure is down to that, Travis, is the Angels. Angels, it's been their MO of we will pay a guy huge even if it ages poorly. The Dodgers, Travis, in my opinion, have been very careful not to do that. The two superstars on their team that they have given big contracts to are guys who I think are always locked to age gracefully, which is Mookie Betts because he's such a unique athlete. He's not... He's not powered by his athleticism like if he took if he took a big job off in power he i think he just become like a doubles guy he would make the adjustment he's a good fielder but doesn't rely on his speed you know he's not like a crazy speed demon he just um has good instincts out there in the outfield enough so that he can play the infield as well and freddie freeman freddie freeman is a true pure hitter with a good eye and good power and good contact it feels like if he lost anything with his age whether it be his eye or his power like he has these other components to his game that are going to make up for it um so i think the Dodgers have been careful not to give they're not going to put themselves in a spot where they're paying 50 million a year for a guy who's um you know a shell of what he once was say otani you know god forbid age 38 39 let's say he just is is below average at pitching and hitting or maybe he has to pick one at some point and becomes kind of an average dh at that point like why are we paying this guy 50 million dollars yep. to be like a pretty good dh like that's just way too much money but um i think overall there's a lot to kind of consider about which teams are going to uh, give him those big offers. Um, but Travis, we've probably talked about this a bit too much. Let's go into um, the recent trade that went down um, just today. It feels like really the first kind of splash of the trade kind of season here with Shintaro Fujinami being traded from the Oakland Athletics for minor league left-hander Easton Lucas. Travis, a Fujinami... I think in the first few weeks was considered one of the biggest disappointments of any free agent signing of an international player coming to MLB. Um, the ERA was terrible, a lot of problems. I think immediately he got moved from a starter to a reliever, and then even then a struggle in the relief role uh, from the jump. Travis, I will say that 
on first glance of the numbers, the area does not look pretty, but I think he is definitely trending in a very positive direction. I think this is actually probably a smart pickup from the Orioles. Overall, when you have a bullpen that already has guys like Cano and Batista, they're already ready for a, a, a bullpen that's ready for the playoffs. I also think adding this kind of quality depth piece is going to be huge. I think the teams that get the most out of their bullpen in October are the teams that are always poised to do well. Um, so I like the move overall in terms of a win now move. Um, here's a stat by uh, Foolish Baseball on Twitter. Uh, Shintaro Fujinami, Travis, first 18 games in the MLB. He had a 12 ERA with a 20% strikeout rate, 15% walk rate. And ever since then, six last 16 games, which 16 games is a pretty big sample size. Obviously, relievers, there's lots of fluctuation. But he's at 2.45 ERA last 16 games. The strikeout percentage went up. The walk percentage almost got cut in half. He's locating his pitches much better. I think that was his problem early on, just kept walking guys, walking guys. Um, but he is a has a big frame. He throws a... Uh, a pretty good uh, splitter with good stuff. Just another kind of compliment there to Batista and Cano. Um, overall, I think at first glance, I was very suspect. Um, after further looking into it a bit more, I do think he's going to have a lot to offer the Orioles in a potential playoff race. But Travis, any other thoughts on Fujinami switching teams here? Do you think um, the Orioles, maybe is they, do they need to do more still to kind of keep with the other uh, big teams in the American League. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I think that uh, the starting pitching this year has been awful. Um, weirdly to say, because they are one of the best teams in the American League, but they do need help on the starting pitching side. Getting a guy like Fujinami, who is trending in a very nice direction, I think it's the start. I think they do need to make some more moves if they really want to be a true contender for um, the World Series this year and, and making a deep postseason run. I don't know if Tyler Wells and Kyle Bradish are really going to carry you um in a five or in a seven game playoff series so uh, i think that more moves need to be happening but it's a very nice start especially with how he's trending right now a lot of people were saying otani to the baltimore orioles uh he could be a great fit for them they need a starting pitcher they need a dh well now they basically got i, I would say the poor man shohei otani um but i think he could definitely fill the role uh nicely in baltimore yeah, I think that um, what he's going to be able to provide for them as an extra arm will be a huge help. I do think that they, if the Orioles want to really go to that next level as like a real playoff threat, obviously they're looking kind of long term. They're not in like they're not in any sort of rush to make this year their win now year. But why not make some moves that make them really competitive this season and next? Um, I would say you know if they could trade for. A couple of prospects for a guy like Dylan Cease. Um, there's a handful of guys that will be uh, available on the pitching market. Um, I know Flaherty will probably be available. Um, not sure exactly what they're going to try to target in terms of adding starting pitching depth. But I think the bullpen is in a really good spot overall. I think Fujinami, um, we're going to see a lot from him uh, supporting those other other arms in the, in the pen. So I think that overall, it's a good deal. Um, it always feels like there's a kind of a, the first... The first domino that drops in the trade market uh, during this time of year, Travis, it's always kind of a one that no one really was talking about. Um, I guess one last note on the Orioles, Travis, they traded Jorge Lopez to the Twins last year for a package that has <coughs> the package has probably proven to be even much. I mean, it, it's just much better than I think anyone thought. I saw something on Twitter today, Travis, that the Orioles GM should require apologies from the media because. Everyone was grading that 
trade as very poorly for the Orioles because they were like a pretty solid team at the deadline and they traded away their like all-star closer to another team um, in, in the American League. But they got back Yanir Cano, who this year has just been like leaps and leaps and bounds better than Jorge Lopez and he's younger with more control. So there's just absolutely no denying um, that the Orioles won that trade and they continue to kind of make moves on the fringes that I think have been really positive. Gunnar Henderson is getting hot um you know halfway through his rookie year in a big way um rushman is is being the kind of the captain of the team that they need overall i'm excited for their future but travis before we wrap up i want to talk about one other team at the trade deadline here the new york yankees were not in a terrible spot a couple weeks back but after getting swept by the angels they're definitely having to ask some questions about themselves they're now fifth place in the american league east and looking at those American least American League East rankings, Travis, I'm sure there are people in the organization who say, "Hey, we're not that far back. You know, a few games, a few games difference here and there, and we could be third in the AL East. It won't take that long to kind of catch up to the middle of the pack of that division." But the wild card race, they're in it. They're not in the wild card as we speak, of course, but they're in the mix. Um, and I'm just kind of wondering your take, Travis. Do they need to be buyers or sellers? Um, do you think that they there's they can address all the holes in the team? Obviously, without Judge, the offense feels like it's really weak at the moment. But also, the pitching, Travis, feels like it's pretty weak. It's been Cole and a bunch of guys with ERAs over five. Like that's that's been almost like the the story of their rotation. I do love their bullpen still. It's like definitely the strength that's kind of kept them. Um, I think as a quality team. Almost feels like every team that's doing well um has a good bullpen, um so take take a clue to that GMs. But any thoughts on the direction the Yankees should take and how they should go about the uh, the deadline here? Yeah, I think first thing first they need to look at uh, and assess the Aaron Judge injury because I think he's their only guy that can save them right now. Um, this lineup is just so poor. Um, even watching this last week, uh, you have Giancarlo Stanton hitting third, which I think I saw more swing and misses from a guy in a, in a three game series than I've ever seen in my life. I feel like, I think it was swing is give credit to the angel pitchers. They had some great stuff uh, in some of those games, but I mean, Aaron judge, uh, I'm sorry, not Aaron judge, Giancarlo Stanton coming up um, dealing with so many injuries again this year. And he just doesn't seem like he is seeing the ball a hundred percent. Just, just yet. I, I think that uh, give him some time and then that could be uh that could be fixed. But then also Anthony Rizzo. I think I saw a stat, Alex. Anthony Rizzo hasn't hit a home run since May. He's on my fantasy team. I'm aware. And, and 11 home runs on the season. And I don't really know what his contract looks like. It looks like he is signed through 24. So he has this year and next. There, that, That's probably a guy I'd be looking to move. Hopefully he can do something in the next couple of weeks. Maybe get hot. And then you can... Uh, you can use that for some other pieces. But again, I, I don't see this team. I mean, I don't think they should be buyers. I just think that right now they just they everything is just not clicking for them. And they're in such a tough division that even them finishing fourth, um, maybe even third, it's still a tough spot to make the playoffs and be that sixth seed. Um, I mean, luckily for them, they only have Boston a game above them. And then I think it's what, like three and a half uh ahead is the toronto blue jays and uh, you know a, a, a weekend series or a uh, a week series could, could definitely change where these all line up but i just don't see this team um you know being very successful to in the second half and, and towards the playoffs and 
we saw Rodon yesterday and he's kind of supposed to be their, their saving grace, Alex, uh, coming back from injury. And the last, I think he's made three starts, but I mean, yesterday's start against the angels was just awful. And it, it, it was the best hitting performance by the angels all series long. And it was against, you know, arguably their second best pitcher, um, right now. And, and he has not been showing up. And so, I just don't think it's the Yankees year. I don't think that they should really just try and, and go all in for this year. They have a lot of young pieces. I think that they should just try to sell, get some uh, prospects or get some players in return, and then hopefully shoot for uh, next year again and maybe have a strong offseason. You know, it's unfortunate Judge is hurt. If he was healthy, I think that they would at least be a third-place team right now. They could, they could be looking at a very different uh, position, but – I just don't see with this division and the way that the playoffs are set and structured this year. It's, it's, it's not, it's not a year where I'd be really aggressive out of the Yankees. I mean, you're fifth place right now and you are above 500 still, but you're, you're in last place and uh, it just seems like things aren't clicking. So I, I, I'd, I'd probably be looking more towards the, towards next year. I, I agree with your assessment of how the team's playing right now, the depth issues right now, but I'm also in this, in this constant struggle in my head based on the fact that, this Yankees team is built on a judge contract that probably won't age well, a Stanton contract that already isn't aging well, and a Colt contract that will probably not age well. LeMahieu, I think there's just a, a couple years left on his deal, but we're talking about guys who are either entering the second half of their career or are in the second half of their career and will be aging, uh, probably getting worse from here on out. And I do think that there is urgency to be good soon. That being said... They also might want to focus on the younger generation of guys like Volpe, Dominguez, Peraza, and so on. I'm not really sure. I feel like they're really in this weird middle ground limbo where I could kind of be convinced either way. Um, they, In my mind, I think you're right. They should focus on next year, not a rebuild and also not a all-in on this season. Just if they can make some moves, maybe any expiring contracts in the bullpen or, or on the bench, if they could flip them for guys with a bit more control that might be able to be more depth pieces for next year in case there are more injuries. That's what probably makes the most sense to me is what their approach should be. Nothing huge and splashy. I mean, there was a report about a week ago, I forget which MLB analyst said they're the biggest uh, threat to trade for Otani. I mean... In, yeah. in, in what way does he solve all the problems? I, I agree he's a great fit. He's a great fit on any team. And he might be exactly what they need. He's what every team exactly needs. So it's kind of a weird argument to say that I'm not sure that, you know, if you take Otani and put him on the Yankees, it almost feels like it's like he's on the Angels. It feels like he's on a team with not that great pitching, starting pitching depth. And the farm system would be totally depleted. Yeah, whatever. It would probably take both Dominguez um, Oswald Peraza. Either um, a Peraza. They do have a catcher. I think his name's Wells, um, who is highly rated. But um, it, it would require. Um, they do have. Um, I'm blanking on the name. He is like a really high, a Spencer something Spencer. I'm blanking on his name. But he was drafted. I think last year. He's like a six foot six outfielder. Like he, they're like he's the next Aaron Judge. Mm -hmm. And the Yankees got him at the end of the first round last year. I think Spencer Jones is his name. Um, but I think guys like Spencer Jones and Dominguez will be required in a deal for Otani. And, like, why would the Yankees give up their future to win this season? Um, if, mm -hmm. if somehow Otani left in the offseason uh, from the Yankees, that would be an absolute disaster. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't see that happening, and especially, like you mentioned, Cole, um, that contract, it, it will probably be aging poorly towards the end of it. 
Um, you know, Stanton's, like you mentioned, is already aging poorly. So they, they have a lot of, they have some young pieces and they also have some pieces that are just, are, are in the negatives in terms of value. You know, Stanton's been a negative guy in terms of value because he's getting paid so much money and he's getting older and he is just not contributing. So, uh, Shohei is just a, I think that'd just even be a bigger problem right now because he would, he, he, he'd be so good that he, uh, would, would, would help you probably come just shy of a playoff spot. And then, you know, you're looking at a guy probably leaving and your farm systems depleted. Like you mentioned, I think those guys that we talked about Dominguez, uh, Wells or Peraza are, are included in a trade. And that is something you don't want to really build off of. So, um, yeah, the Yankees, I, I think that right now, it, it, again, I think there are a lot of teams that will make a big assessment in the next week, in the next 10 days on where they are at. Um, looking at their next five games, Alex, they do have a weekend series against the Royals. So, hey, if you sweep the Royals and you get uh, those three games back that you lost against the uh, the Angels, then, you know, you're, you're sitting back at a better spot. And then you play the Mets who, you know, the Mets have just been so... Um, they've been on a roller coaster ride this year at the highs and the lows. So you could look at a team like the Yankees maybe in a, in a week and, you know, maybe you won five out of the six games or four out of the six games and, and you're in a different a different spot than you were right now where it just feels like, you know, a, a rock bottom. And it was a funny video or funny picture yesterday of, uh, you know, uh, I think it was Rizzo and a couple other guys and they were laughing and smiling and they're down yes. like four nothing and and everyone's just like, you know. Yankees I, fans are not in a good place. Mets fans are saying like, we hate our lives, but at least we're not on this level where we're laughing and we're in fifth place right now. And, you know, things are, things are uh, going, you know, rock bottom right now, but yeah. Uh, You, you bring up a good point of a lot of things can happen um, before the deadline between now and then. And that's why Travis uh, next week will probably have to take a deeper dive into, you know, some of these teams and where they're at. Cause Travis, I mean, the Mariners, the angels, the Yankees, the Red Sox, any of those teams, if they, if they win six straight or lose six straight between now and our next recording, it's like that is everything. That is the difference between if you're a buyer or a seller because they're all just right above 500, right in that area of competing for a playoff spot um, or just kind of focusing more on next year. But we'll kind of cover that more next week, Travis. We'll have a lot of kind of trade talk to discuss. But that pretty much does it for us today, Travis. we got a movie to go catch, so um, let's go hit the road now, and we will uh, we will talk to you guys next week. Thanks so much for the support and uh, for making it to the end if you, if you made it this far, but we appreciate you so much, and we'll talk to you soon. Presented by Tool Tools Podcast. <laughs>